You are listening to Sermons to Go from Advent United Methodist Church in Egan, Minnesota. This is the sermon for Sunday, January 3rd, 2021, the first Sunday in the new year, and the day we celebrate Epiphany. Epiphany is the day Jesus' birth and unique role is announced to the world. The music today is provided by Chris Simonson. Our reader is Jerry Fenner, and preaching is Pastor Eric Elkin. Now let us prepare our hearts and minds to listen and be renewed. In a culture that rarely sees the stars, it's hard for us to imagine any person of wisdom taking direction from them. However, from Carl Sagan to Neil deGrasse Tyson, some of the modern world's brightest minds still study the stars. In the ancient world, the Magi were scholars. Their field of study were the stars. Their gifts were interpreting dreams, telling fortunes, and preparing daily horoscopes. Specifically, though, they were Zoroastrian priests. Zoroastrianism is one of the oldest religions in the world. It is still active in Iran. Before Islam, it was the official religion of Persia. They were advisors to the Persian Empire. Zoroaster is the prophet of Zoroastrianism. He was miraculously conceived by a 15-year-old Persian virgin. In his adult ministry, Zoroaster predicted other virgins would conceive prophets as history unfolded. Therefore, Zoroastrian priests, like the Jewish priests, were anticipating the birth of the true Savior, an event they felt that they could predict by reading the stars. In our reading, World religions and world leaders, Roman, Persian, Jewish, descend upon little Bethlehem and a manger. One other note of importance. Three times in our reading, they referred to honor him. In Greek, the word translated as honor actually means worship. Now let us listen to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village in Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on pilgrimage to worship him. When word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified and not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the priests 
and religious scholars in the city together and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him, Bethlehem of Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It's you, Bethlehem, in Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear. For you will come, from you will come the leader who will shepherd rule my people, my Israel. Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east. Pretending to be as devout as they were, he got them to tell him exactly where the birth announcement star appeared. Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, Go find this child. Leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word, and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their bags and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In a dream, they were warned not to report back to Herod, so they worked out another route, left the territory without being seen, and returned to their own country. This is the word of God for the people of God. The Message Translation of the Bible by Eugene Peterson accurately captures all the dynamics of the Magi story in a way that uh, can resonate with us in a, an easier way than either the CEB or NRSV version. So I'm going to share a simplified reading of it for you now. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a band of scholars arrived from the east. They asked, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on a pilgrimage to worship him. We'll come back to those words in a moment, but before we do, you need to know I have two obsessions, birds and stars. <laughs> they tend to get referred to often in my sermons. I love living in St. Paul, but to be honest with you, the one thing I cannot stand about the place is I never really get to see the stars. I mean, really look at the fullness of the stars in the night sky. This is more than a preference of mine. Literally, I'm not making this up, literally, my soul suffers from not being able to see the stars. Near my house is a park. At the park's highest point, when you walk up to that point, you can look over into the west and see Egan and Minneapolis and, and St. Paul. It would have been wonderful to preach this sermon from that high point in the middle of the night. But it also would have been completely useless. Rarely from that point do I ever get to see the stars. And I mean, again, really see the stars. Clouds and ground light shield the fullness of the heavens from my view. 
So I'm preaching here from the sanctuary for a very important reason. Each time we gather in this building or we gather for the purpose of what we do in this building, whoever the pastor is, we are trying to invite you to see something, something you cannot see now or its fullness is shielded from your view. So as we enter into this time of listening, I invite you to open up your, the eyes of your heart to hear and to see. Right before Christmas, a, a friend contacted me for help. She wanted some help with a professional goal and was wondering if I knew anybody connected to this goal who could further um, her pursuit. Almost immediately, I thought of two people who could help her, Josh and Holly. The two resources are two of the most wonderful teachers and gifted teachers you will ever meet in your life, and they are two absolutely beautiful people. They are currently teaching in Saudi Arabia. In order for me to contact them, I had to go on Facebook and contact them through Messenger. And when I was visiting their Facebook page, I saw pictures of a trip they took right before Christmas. They were camping in the desert in Saudi Arabia. One of them had taken a picture of the night sky. So I uh, borrowed that picture to share with you now. In terms of photography, it's not the greatest picture ever taken. I share it because it does capture a rather accurate image of what the human eye would see of the stars in the desert, absent of clouds and ground light. I thought it a funny coincidence that right before Christmas, I connected with two scholars from the East who were out studying the stars, or maybe that's a stretch. (laughs) They are scholars, but I think they were only really enjoying the stars and not particularly studying them. The real point I want to make is People in the ancient world could see so much more than us when they looked to the heavens at night to see the stars. Here is another photo I uh, borrowed from the internet. It shows the nighttime lights of the United States. As a result of our work, the ground light, our eyes are trained to see human wisdom. And we are shielded from seeing the depth of the universe a creator God, and the wisdom of ancient cultures like the Magi. It may seem foreign to us that people would look to the stars for wisdom and understanding, but it shouldn't. The brightest minds in the world today still look to the stars for understanding about life, life out there and life right here. As Josh and Holly were out in the desert camping and looking at the stars, NASA made an announcement that the Hubble telescope captured an image of the largest and one of the most complete Einstein rings known in the universe. Over a hundred years ago, Albert Einstein wrote his theory of relativity. In it, according to Space.com, he suggested that a massive object could warp space and time. And this process is known today as gravitational lens. 
when the most massive galaxies and galaxy clusters get in line with an object more distant, they produce an Einstein ring or a type of gravitational lens. <laughs> if you don't completely understand Einstein's theory of relativity, you are not alone. Fact is, neither do I. The reason I'm sharing it is this. A hundred years ago, a wise man with a very limited view of the stars and even less access to modern technology wrote a theory about reality which became true years later and is still being proven today. Don't be too quick um, to discount what took place 2,000 years ago in the ancient Near Middle East. We don't know their wisdom and we don't really know their methods. The truth of their witness was proven true. And the fullness of that truth is still out there waiting to be more fully known. When we read these words, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a band of scholars arrived from the east. They asked, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on a pilgrimage to worship him. We know there is a wisdom and science being used that we don't fully understand. However, Matthew is the most Hebrew of all the Gospels. There is also words, intentional words at play that we also don't fully appreciate in the modern world. A star in the eastern sky signaled his birth as a sentence loaded with meaning. East is where the sun rose. The sun rising for them and for us always signals a new day, a new beginning. Something new is arriving. In the Hebrew world, as in ours, east was a direction one face to get his or her orientation to the world. I think about my mother-in-law when she would come and visit um, New York when I hear this, um, this fact of getting direction and, and your coordinates down. She was from southwestern Minnesota. She lived on the prairie. She oriented herself by directions, north, south, east, and west. In our home in New York, we were buried deep in the woods, and you never really saw the open sky. So it would always take her a couple days to get her bearing straight when she came to visit. She, wouldn't, she could never be settled until she had a comfortable understanding of direction. Okay, where is east? And, and, and is this way north? I can still hear her say it. No soul is completely rested until it's properly oriented to the world. In the Hebrew scriptures, east is also where Eden was located. And this is not necessarily a geographical understanding as much as an allegorical tool for communicating deeper things. When you look to the east, when you look to Eden, you're looking for heavenly things. And people from the east were also understood to be more wise. Scholars from the East would be in the Hebrew world a way of saying the brightest of the brightest minds in the world have come to announce and worship and honor this child. When we put all these things together, 
the Magi, have come to give witness to a new beginning in human history. They need to be there to orient themselves to this new thing, a thing which extends beyond what humans can see in their everyday life. This is something heavenly, a new thing that is not just for the Jews, but for the Jews and all living creatures is about to happen, is about to take place. We read the same story of the Magi every single year, the first Sunday of the year, the first Sunday in January. I cannot witness to the historical accuracy of the story. Did it happen just like this? I I really don't know. But I do know that I don't need to know every detail of how something works for me to find life from it. Something that is testified to in Einstein's theory of relativity. The story that we read this day invites you and me to embrace a mystery we do not fully understand and to pause for a moment and to look and study the stars, to use them as a point of orientation and reference for the new and coming year. When I look at the stars, I am reminded the order and the pattern of the sky has not noticeably changed since Jesus was born in Bethlehem. When Josh, Holly, and their children camping in the middle of the desert in Saudi Arabia in 2021, and they look up and gaze at the stars, they are looking at the same sky that Moses saw when he climbed a mountain in Egypt oh so long ago. That order reminds me, every single year, that the human chaos of the past year cannot damage nor destroy the order of the universe. The human ability to hurt may seem overwhelming, but it is limited by God's profound and all-encompassing wisdom, order, compassion, and love. When I do get a chance to gaze at a clear, dark night sky, I feel awe for the Creator. I cannot really stop my soul from this desire to worship. And when I see those stars, those same stars, through a Hubble telescope image, I am reminded that everywhere in the universe, at every moment, something is dying. Something is dying all the time. Yet out of that death... We see an image of new life being formed. I first heard that truth in a Bible story. And now I learn it every single day, a new ripple in it every single day from the brightest minds from the East. It also reminds me that I do not have to wait till Easter to be a resurrection person. And neither do you. Amen. Let us pray. God of promise and light, Open our eyes that we may see your light in the darkness. Open our hearts 
that we may perceive your promises of justice and righteousness fulfilled in the babe of Bethlehem. May we, like the Magi, have a star to guide us on our journey quest, to find the one who will truly set us free. May this time of worship bring us closer to you and closer to each other, so that the good news of the birth of the light and love will transform our lives. Amen. Now receive the blessing. Arise and go, shine for all the world to see. Follow the star that will guide you on your journey this week, this year, and forever. And may the blessing of the God of light rest upon you and fill you with light as you serve and love the world. Amen. Amen.